0: breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness typically in outdoor settings, so they can find a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. That's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of veterans' path, increase attendance at our retreats, so we're able to help more veterans, and finally, to reduce the stigma around mindfulness, meditation, and seeking mental health support. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and share the show with anyone and everyone you think could benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. All right, today my guest is soon to be retiring Navy Chief Bosun's mate, fellow podcaster and resilience speaker, Jeff Bayless. Jeff is about to wrap up a 20 year Navy career where he finds himself answering the call to be of service in a different manner with his project, The Evolution. Jeff believes in the power of vulnerability and shares his story and the lessons he learned along the way with his podcast and public speaking at commands around the world. His story is powerful and relatable. Finding peace through movement, self-awareness, and mindfulness, Jeff's unique path is is benefiting others in a profound way. Stay tuned as we're going to learn a lot more about Jeff on today's episode of the Veterans Path podcast. All right, welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, my guest today is soon to be retired Navy Chief Bosun's mate and fellow podcaster and resilience speaker, Jeff Bayless. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey,
1: thanks, John. I got to say before we get really into deep stuff here, like it's such an honor to, uh, to you know, rub elbows uh, with the tribe of mentors that you've had on your show. It's been really remarkable to watch the work that you're doing. Uh, so just to even be invited is a great honor for me. And uh, kudos to you, man. I'm super proud of the work you're doing. It's very important. And uh, I know it's resonating, reaching a lot of people and impacting, and saving lives. So, uh well, thank
0: you, brother. I, I appreciate that. And that's, uh, that's why I'm really loving the work I do. I, I wake up every morning and, and attack this because I know that if I can help one person, today, then that, that day has it's been what worth it's it. it's all
1: about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to even call it service because it's so rewarding as the person doing the work, right? Like it's right. so rewarding for us. Yeah. I'm, yeah, um,
0: absolutely. And I, and I definitely want to get into the work that you're doing as well, both for the active duty and then what you're looking to do with, with your podcast or what you already are doing with your podcast. Um, obviously, you want to get into your Navy career as well, but sure. before we get into that, um, if you could tell us a little bit more I, I i went through your bio you've listened to my podcast so you kind of know how the, the the starting goes i try to develop the person as a human being first before as a before they're a sailor or before they're a SEAL or before they're you know an attorney or whatever who are you jeff and and what's kind of what's your background what brought you to where you are today
1: great yeah those i, I love open ended questions too cuz it really gives me the opportunity to <laughs> you know speak freely uh, so yeah. Uh, I find that open-ended questions are the best ones actually. Uh, so, you know, who am I? Um, I'm a seeker. I, I don't claim to have all the answers. I don't think that we ever arrive uh, to a level of enlightenment, but I'm always seeking that growth. I'm always, uh, I, I consider myself a humble servant these days. Uh, so what I try to do now is just kind of share my story vulnerably and some of the lessons I've learned along the way in order to help others, uh, go through some of the navigate some of the same, challenges that we all face. You know, the Buddha says life is suffering. So the reality is we're all going to struggle in some way or another. And maybe that's as a Navy SEAL, or maybe that's as a a bricklayer, but regardless, we're all going through this thing called life and trying to figure it out together. Right. And so any small part that, uh, me being vulnerable or just kind of sharing some of the lessons I've learned or some of the books that I've read or some of the podcasts I've listened to, right. Like some of these, this information that I'm receiving, I don't feel like it benefits anybody from not sharing it. Right. And so this is really kind of the quest that I found myself on answering the call to adventure and just putting myself out there, man, just really um, not living in a scarcity mindset of information that I can share to help others. Uh, so, you know, it took me a 20 year Navy career and kind of falling on my face to figure all that out. Uh, but, you know, as the McDougall's book, you know, the hero's journey, I think that's what, all of us have to figure out is at some point we find this breaking point where, you know, like the iceberg analogy, you know, there's all this stuff underneath the water that we're just not really digging into. And so really where I find myself now as a seeker and really just a servant leader trying to help others.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, you're definitely doing that. And, uh, and I know you're going to continue to do that. So that's, that's awesome, man. Um, you enlisted in the Navy first, we're going to get into the, the whole, again, get into your whole career sure. here. So you're enlisted, you're an officer, back enlisted. We'll explain that because I know that that's going to raise questions in the listeners' uh, minds. A chief, A chief
1: with a surface warfare officer pin, yes. Yeah, and uh,
0: you know, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen your, uh, your formal dress photo there with the gold uh, uh, SWO pin. It's a great conversation throws, starter. Uh, I yeah. guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I've got some friends who went from the SEALs. Into the army, and they still wear their trident, and people are like, "Hey, what's that all about? That's some stolen valor stuff." And right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's obviously a conversation starter for them as well. For sure. But yeah, so let's let's get into your navy career a little bit first. Okay. That kind of lay the foundation for some of the rest of the conversation. Um, you enlisted in the navy, and I know you've got some uh, navy roots in your family. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about that, and then what inspired you to actually go into the navy yourself?
1: Perfect. Yeah. So uh, actually, I, I I just read a book called uh, "Struggle Well" by uh, Ken Falk. Um, yeah. A, a friend of a friend. Actually, I'm hoping to get him on the podcast. And in in reading that book, I was kind of reminded of what drew me to the Navy, which was some childhood trauma, right? And I think that we find that a lot of us that enlist in the military or in the Navy, like we we. Most of us, or not all of us, but we're looking for some opportunity, right? I mean, the reality is you're looking for an opportunity. Very few of us join the military and just say, like, you know, this was the best option. I know there, there is an exception to every rule, but a lot of us are really just looking to level up and, and expand an opportunity. And that's what it was for me. I had some childhood trauma, uh, you know, violence. My house was getting broken into. My babysitter was tied up with an extension cord at gunpoint. I had some sexual abuse trauma in my childhood. And, uh, you know, that kind of led down uh, a, a road very similar to many on, I know I'm not alone with this, but where I found myself lost, you know, and, and getting in trouble, not major trouble. Everything's disclosed in my record. So I'm very open about all that. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I've been to jail a couple of times and stuff. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't going anywhere in life. And my dad was a Bosa mate in the Vietnam era. My grandfather was a Bosa mate in World War II era. And I figured I would follow this legacy. And you know, I have a tattooed on my arm, son of a son of a sailor, right? You know, I was going to be this third generation bosun's mate. And uh so when I went to boot camp, I I really took it as an opportunity, you know, and I, I think um maybe some people there didn't, you know, it's kinda like officer and a gentleman, I got nowhere else to go, man. <laughs> like, dude, I had nowhere
0: Mayonnaise. else. Mayonnaise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had nowhere else to go, you know. So um the Navy was a great opportunity for me and I really uh, hubris is very high on something that I'm self-aware of. And I, I wasn't early. This is one of the lessons that I've learned was extreme hubris, right? So, you know, humility is very important to me. Uh, but I did well. You know, I did well in boot camp. I got meritoriously promoted to E2. I uh, went to my first ship, USS Pelu, LHA-5. I deployed there for 9-11. I uh, did a couple deployments there. Uh, you know, when I retire, I'll have 18 years at sea uh, of 20-year career. So my whole... Wow my whole path has been deployments, right? So, um, went to the Pelu, did well there, qualified every facet and amphibious operations and deck evolutions, both made it hard there, had some really good mentors, um, got all EPE evals and all that stuff you're supposed to do, right? Qualified everything works in her soup, LPO, all that stuff. Right. And then I went back to Texas as a law enforcement, uh, force protection. they let both mates do MA job for a little while in Ingleside, Texas. So there I did pretty well. I, you know, I went there as a harbor patrol guy and ended up becoming a watch commander, which is like an LPO of a division there right? in the security department. I got married, uh, bought my first house, got my associate's degree. I dropped out of high school. So that kind of cleaned the GED off my record. Right. So things are trending in the right direction. My career is moving in a good place. And honestly, in my personal life, I felt like things were going in, in a good direction. Um, terminated shore duty because I believe sailors belong at sea right and I wanted to you know crush the career thing and uh we can get into this later but I wore this mask of masculinity for a lot of years that carried me to a certain point uh we all carry some sort of mask and you know it's like the 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 stoic philosophy of you know go out with your shield or come back on it right like (laughs) you know uh so I wore this mask of masculinity for a lot of years and so I felt like I belonged at sea and you know I was signed up for a a ship that I knew was going to be arduous duty and it Brought me to USS Stockdale DDG 106 pre-com that ship out of Bath, Maine. So I'd moved, you know, from Texas to San Diego to Texas to Maine back to San Diego. So you know, I know I'm not alone in this, but there was no homesteading, right? Like this is the Navy way, yeah, uh, for a lot of us. And so um, moved my family around a lot. Did very well there. I went, got to that ship as a frocked first class. Uh, I made first class in eight years. No, I'm sorry. I made first class in six years, and I made chief in eight years. So I made chief on wow. that ship. And uh, while I was going through chief's initiation in 2009, I had my LDO package in because I knew my true north, my moral compass, was to be a deck LDO. Um, yeah. I always wanted to be a ship's bosun, so that made chief's initiation very fun. Uh, oh, <laughs> for I'm any, sure. For any chiefs that are listening <laughs> to this, we'll, we'll get there, and you'll love me again. But at the time. Uh, you know, I was, I was operating under a ego, right. Um, a very, uh, inflated ego and, uh, real
0: quick, um, for our listeners who may not be familiar with what LDO is and the chiefs, sure. uh, initiation. Can you just touch on that really fast?
1: Yep. So, you know, I don't know what the average age is or tenure for someone to make chief. It's typically, especially in the busmate rating around 12 to 14 years. Uh, and so as you're going through initiation, it's basically your rite of passage. It's nowhere near like going to buds or anything like that. But we are trying to instill leadership, servant leadership, and they teach you how to prioritize. So it's, it used to be a little more of uh, initiation. Now it's more of a transition where we're really just trying to train leaders uh, on the importance of prioritization, utilizing the chief's mess. um, And it's leadership development at at really a a very fundamental way to say it, but it's, that is what it is, is it's leadership development. And so, you know, here I am in this initiation process and I'm, already looking for the next step, right? Like I'm already, I'm not absorbed in initiation of being a chief. I'm like, uh, okay, great. I got this. What's next? What's next? What's the next goal? And so a limited duty officer allows you to commission without a degree or even with a degree. It, it's helpful. I had an associate's degree, uh, but it keeps you in your MOS, right? It keeps you in your career path. Uh, so I know in your community you have warrant officers, um, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to the warrant officer program where an enlisted person can apply and stay in your designator right so I would stay a bosamate only I would get ensign bars on April 1st 2011 uh, and so that's that's what happened uh, you know I put in my first package I didn't think I would get selected and you know uh, by the grace of God or you know the Navy gods uh, I was selected and, uh, and I commissioned pretty young so I had 10 years as an ensign um, so it makes me just young enough to be dangerous but old enough to have a little bit of experience and qualifications in my job. Right. Right. So what that also means is that I had the ability. I'm not saying I would have right again, going back to hubris and humility. I'm not saying that I, I would have made captain, but I had the tenure or the, I had the legs as we say, right? Like I had the the capability. And the reality is I, I would have, I would have promoted, you know, on time. I mean, I would have picked those jobs. Uh, I'm not saying I would have made captain, but I had the ability to promote. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I took orders to USS Kill uh, because as we discussed earlier, getting that gold warfare device, the SWO pin, uh, was an option for LDOs. Then is very important for your career progression. And I went to USS Kill. It's a amphibious ship out of Little Creek. Uh, I, I know you spent time at Little Creek. Great yeah. base. I really enjoyed that tour. I was the, uh, the ship's bosun, the aviation facilities, uh, coordinator, the MOGAS officer, the crane officer, the deck. Weld- Uh, Control officer the D bar control officer. I got command duty officer qualified officer of the deck underway During a 12-month availability. I became the ship's maintenance officer and I coordinated the entire maintenance uh, Overhaul of the ship during a dry dock uh, phase maintenance availability Um, and so like I Say all that to say again, not bragging but that you know if you look at on the outside my career is progressing in an outstanding manner Uh, And also during this time in my personal life, I started taking up Ironman distance triathlon, which is a two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike and a a marathon at the end, right? And so if you look at it on the outside, or if you looked at my Facebook profile, or as I described wearing this mask, I was doing well and killing it in life, right? But but really, I wasn't.
0: Yeah, that was actually my next question. I mean, it sounds like you're crushing it professionally. And then you throw on the Ironman piece. I mean, that's obviously incredibly intensive as far as the training that's required for that uh so you're crushing it there too but what was your personal life what was behind that facade that you mentioned or that shield that you had to go out on
1: or yeah, go out right.
0: with and or come back on
1: or who am i trying to impress yeah, right? yeah um you know at what point am i pouring into this bucket and there's no reward on the investment right or return on the investment uh so my personal life in in reality i i'm very careful and i Don't say anything negative about my ex-wife. The reality is I was not participating in that marriage. Uh, I was not showing up as my best self, right? So if you're not taking care of yourself, and I'm sure we'll get there to mindfulness, uh, if you're not taking care of yourself first and self-aware enough to at least strive towards some form of self-mastery, you're not going to be able to participate in any relationship. you know? Right. I make this analogy. I think that we're in a relationship with everything we do in life, right? so whether that be food, money, alcohol, working out, career, you're in a relationship with it, whether you choose to be or not, you are in a relationship, so the relationships that I was pouring into was work and working out
0: yeah, yeah that's it. I've been there
1: that's it. Yeah. There was nothing else. Everything else was secondary, and I justified it by this is how I pay the bills, and this is how i you know, crush it as a man, right? Wearing this mask of masculinity, but I had no soft side to me because that wasn't cool. Right. And so I had no vulnerability. I had no, there were no long form conversations, right? (laughs) Like, you know, so I I wasn't participating in the marriage and um, my wife at the time came to me and said, Hey, you know, like, I need you to slow down this triathlon stuff uh, or I need you to go to shore duty and or both. And let's go to a counselor, and let's you know, let's let's figure this out. And I lied to her, man. I just lied straight to her face and took orders to another ship that I knew was going to deploy for a year and homeport shift to the West Coast because that's what was going to advance my career. Wow. So I went to the USS Theodore Roosevelt uh, as the assistant first lieutenant. Uh, I didn't really know it at the time, but 90% of my job was driving that aircraft carrier in the middle of the Persian Gulf. Uh, that was the majority of the responsibilities of a an LDO on that ship because I was kind of a junior LDO, right? And there's very senior officers on that ship. So um, that's just kind of the, the roles and responsibilities that there, there's not a lot of SWOs on those ships. So I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that caused another rift in my relationship uh, because, you know, I I volunteered again for something that was not beneficial to the family. Uh, sure, And also I lied about it right? Like I could have gone to shore duty. I, I could have taken a knee and should have, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the reality is we got in an argument. I had only been on the ship for maybe a month or two. Uh, we got in an argument and I operated a motor vehicle under the influence of alcohol and gotten an accident and I got a DUI, uh, reported to the ship. I was very upfront and honest about everything. The whole process, um, took about six years. Uh, I had, there's a very long story here, but I'll try to shorten it up. I know we no, have. Oh, dude, you're, you're
0: good. Go for um, it.
1: So, you know, basically what happened was I was facing a board of inquiry, which is an administrative separation board for an officer. I was facing a detached for cause, which is a, um, uh, means the CEO has lost confidence in his or her ability to lead sailors at your command. Uh, my, Promotion to lieutenant was removed, which means that I would face the, essential. you know, it's basically the same as a higher tenure, right? Like, uh, if you don't promote, you can't stay in. Right. Uh, I was facing a divorce, the DUI case, child support and custody and all of this at one time. Uh, right now I weigh about 180 pounds. At this time, I weighed about 145 pounds.
0: Jeez, um, Wow. So- I mean, it
1: just, I described this time as a pressure cooker in my life. Um, and the reality is I had no coping mechanism. The only coping mechanism I had was, uh, 40 mile treadmill runs and it, that did help, that did help for a minute, you know, uh, but that, that's not a long, that's not sustainable, right? That's not a sustainable way to cope with problems or stress, right? and i wasn't talking to anybody john you know i just go drive that aircraft carrier cuz that's what men do that's what we're supposed to do we're naval officers we're leaders we we persevere i don't get to choose you know when it's time for me to take a knee right and get help right. or talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist or read a book about mindfulness or you know god there were so many things that i tell people to do now like that, you know don't do what i did <laughs> So I, you know, like I said, I described this time as a pressure cooker. And then the, the reality is I, I would wake up at night. Um, this is something I'm actually on Friday going to talk to a psychiatrist about, you know, just this time, even though I was talking to a therapist, I didn't, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and with, uh, just like panic attacks. Uh, and I, I, I distinctly remember just looking in the mirror and thinking is tomorrow the day I'm going to take my life. Wow. You know, is I, I just, there's so many, every time I would fight for something, the answer was no. Are you going to get promoted? No, I couldn't drive a car for two years. So I had to run to little Creek, which is 11 miles from my house. If it was raining or I'd ride my bicycle. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Luckily I was in shape, but uh, you know, I had suicidal ideations. Every day was a, a challenge to, or at least I was, I had the quest now. I never attempted suicide. Uh, and I never talked to anybody about it, honestly. Um, but the reality is I would wake up every morning and say, is today the day, mm-hmm. you know, it's today the day. And then if, if I can be raw with your audience,
0: yeah, please.
1: The conversation in someone's mind when they're thinking about taking their life or at least my experience with that was how can I do this in a way where it won't hurt someone else? Right? Like I have two kids, um, my wife was my girlfriend at the time. Um, I got to give a shout out to my wife and I hope I don't cry out. This woman saved my life. I mean, she is just a beautiful empathic soul. She taught me about mindfulness as well. Um, and so just, baby, I love you. <laughs> um, but the, the conversation that goes on in your mind is that, you know, how can I do this without hurting someone? And the reality is you can't. There's no way for you, you know, I would think about, uh, I'll, I won't get too gruesome, but I would think about, you know, maybe if I got my car and went somewhere else and it wouldn't be something that someone would have to take care of, or you right. know, maybe the SGLI, I don't know how that works. You know, all of these stuff, th- the reality is you matter to someone, mm-hmm. even if you don't have kids and you're not married, you matter to someone, you know, you matter to your shipmates, to your teammates. I mean, like John, you matter to me, you know, yep. like.
0: Yeah, and vice versa.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. So, like, you just don't know the the ripple effect that that pebble being thrown in the in the ocean is is going to have. And, right. and the and the reality is, when I when I got it down to a basic fundamental level, I could not. I couldn't be so selfish that I could take my life with the thought, or you know, lying to myself and thinking that it wasn't going to impact someone else in a negative way. Sure. And so. Uh, going back to the career piece, you know, I, I basically just kind of struggled through this. I read a lot of stoic books, Ryan Holiday's, you know, Obstacles Away, Marcus Aurelius, yeah. uh, you know, the stoicism really got me through that stuff. Um, and then with the influence of my wife, I started reading like Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. And I started reading Brene's, Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability. And I started reading Rob Bell. I started reading all these other things that kind of gave me a soft but strong approach to life, right? Where it was okay to sit and be quiet. Like before we jumped on the zoom call here, I sat for 10 minutes and just focused on my breathing. Nice. Just to make sure that I was centered because every time I get on one of these, even though I've done this hundreds of times now, I get a little bit of imposter syndrome or I'm afraid like, Oh, if I share something so vulnerable, like, I almost want to say if if you don't feel like it's going to scare you to share it, then it's not worth sharing. Right? Like, those are the things, those are the conversations we should be having are these ones that really scare us to death. Right. right. So I started focusing on, you know, how to center myself, uh, how to be vulnerable and not worry so much about how it was going to be received. And uh April, first 2018 I was notified that I was going to revert back to chief petty officer and I'm getting forced retired as a chief petty officer in the navy Uh, you know I didn't I didn't win the battle on my commission I didn't win the battle on my promotion I didn't win the uh, the battle on my uh, you know really my naval career I mean I'm very grateful that I get to retire as a chief and that I get to serve this country for 20 years there's great honor in that I didn't win a lot of little battles along the way but I won the war on my own self-awareness, you know? And there were so many things along the way that, you know, were setbacks, but they were setups for greatness in some way or another. And a lot of that came from mindfulness, self-awareness, vulnerability. And then what I think too is not to get too, but we focus so much on like, what direction we're putting energy into right so i'm putting energy into this direction of a career progression where i'm going to promote right and this this is the direction i want this energy to go and then i think if you if you really are humble and try to do the right thing with good intention even though the reciprocal energy may not come from the direction that you wanted like you may not get that promotion you may not you may not get the 7000 instagram followers which you know <laughs> Nobody's ever come up to me and said, John, nobody said like, Hey Jeff, your Instagram saved my life. But people have said your podcast or your, your, your talk that you gave or the interview that I heard you on this other podcast, like it saved my life. Can I talk to you? Mm -hmm. That is what matters. Right? So what happens is when you put energy in this one direction, like trying to get Instagram followers or trying to make a bunch of money or trying to get a promotion, when you go in that direction, it doesn't reciprocate. The reciprocal energy does not benefit you or those around you, right? But when you right. have good intentions and you just put positive things out with good intentions, I think what has happened in my life, anyway, is the universe has conspired to help me, right? Like I have great and meaningful conversations with remarkable people now because you know exactly what you're going to get. Like you're going to, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to get a real conversation. I'm horrible at small talk.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Uh, I, I actually had this conversation, or a version thereof, uh, on Friday with a guy named Will Schneider. We're we're doing a series, funny enough, on Instagram, where it's just men talking mindfulness. I saw that. Yeah, yeah the episode was on authenticity, and uh, one of the questions was, you know, how do you get past the fear of being judged for being authentic? And uh, I think the the answer is, is right there in being authentic, you find out who is going to judge you for that. And then that's basically you, you figure out, well, those aren't the people you want to surround yourselves with, right? You don't want to surround yourself with people who are going to judge you for being who you truly are. Because if you build up this facade that you, that you've been talking about, you're going to surround yourself with people who are thinking you're something you're not expecting something from you that you can't give. And then, and then ultimately, they're going to be the wrong type of people. They're going to be people that are wearing that same face mask, the same exactly. facade, and you don't want to be surrounded by that. So I think the the answer in, in kind of overcoming that fear of being authentic is by being authentic, um, yeah. and, and that's and that's what it sounds like you discovered in you you truly found who you were once you kind of dropped that that veil and you started acting um, more in line with what your deep intentions were after doing some introspective work um so yeah i I mean i I commend you for where you are now mentally and emotionally and uh, and it sounds like your wife had a lot to do with it so uh, oh she's the best yeah uh hey mine too man i get it (laughs) i think think we need those women to really straighten us out um so you know
1: to your topic of like um you know, if you're, how to, to be authentic, right? So, or worrying about how you're going to get received. I think, it, like, I know for a lot of years in my life, I was a control freak and I'm still OCD. Like, I probably should go get diagnosed with this because I'm like, you should look in my pantry right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the reality is there are certain things I can control, right? I can't control, like, if you were to send me the questions you were going to ask me, I wouldn't look at them because I can't control how this, is going, this conversation is gonna go, right? I can't control your reaction to something I say. There are things that I can control and then there are things that I can't. And I think we should keep the main thing the main thing and focus on what we can control. And what I can control is doing what works for me. And that's just, like, having secrets or telling lies or putting up a front for someone else is really hard to do for a long time. Like, it's tiring. And then it's it's a lot to keep track of, right? so yeah. if you if you really are just authentic the, the it's counterintuitive but what happens is it's so freeing and it's so easy like mm-hmm. i got no secrets so what like yeah yeah that that happened i got a dui in 2014 it happened that i had suicidal ideations it happened that's the reality right. now let's move forward i can't control if you're going to judge me for those poor decisions i can't control that but what i can do is bring all that darkness into the light because light does not discriminate. Light it doesn't know color, it doesn't know gender, it doesn't know sexual preference. Light discriminates darkness. So if you bring all the darkness into the light, that's how you show up authentically without worrying about what you can control. Because you there there are just gonna be people that don't like you. And that's right. okay. You know, I can't. Yeah, control. And,
0: and I mean if you had if you had gone and and got that DUI and then not learned anything from it, or if you had had those suicidal ideations and not learned anything from that, that's where, you know, I won't say you were mistaken, but that's where, um, you have made a progressive step in the right direction in that you have learned from it. Um, and you're doing something good for not only yourself, but for others in, in what it is you've learned from it. You're sharing those same stories. Hence you're being here on the show today. Hence your show that you have right uh that you're you're helping others learn those lessons through your mistakes and i think that's incredibly valuable so yeah i,
1: I hope so you know yeah. i hope i, I hope uh, my my sincere hope is that i breathe life into someone to just talk to someone
0: right you know yeah.
1: if if that needs to be me that's fine you know i'm not a professional but i'll listen you know right i i, I think that we need to just break down this stigma around mental health and uh, what there and also I think this will probably resonate with your audience like i'm 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 very aware that there are people that need medication right i i I am not dismissing the fact that there are professionals out there qualified to give medication to people that need it right if you need medication, I am certainly. Let me just put the disclaimer here. I'm not a mental health expert, right? Like I'm just Jeff Bayless. I'm just a dude that's been through a lot of stuff and has learned a lot of lessons and can talk to you about this stuff. But there are a lot of other things that can help you, you know, like we're all consuming information. You have a choice what information that is. So if that's CNN or Fox news, that's a decision that you're making, right? Just like you said, you are the three, or you alluded to the, the, uh, you are the people you surround yourself with, right? Right. The three to five people, or whatever, right? Your network, so that is consuming information. The conversations we've had, or having, or going to have in the future—that's information that I choose to receive because I respect you, and I think that you're a great leader and a good man, and I think you have a humble heart, and so I see all that in you, and so that's information I'm receiving, right? So we have a choice with what information we're receiving, and so that can be moving your body today. You know, that can be picking up a book that maybe you wouldn't have. Right, like if it wasn't a navy tech manual, I wasn't gonna pick that book up. Yeah, Um, and so like just kind of branching out to these other forms of information, you know, mindfulness. Don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be like. I try to meditate. I'm not like perfect. We have a mutual friend that meditates for six hours a day. I think this guy's. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how he does it, man. He's he's a pro. (laughs) <laughs> but mindfulness, you know, don't overthink it. Like when we first met, you said, like, you didn't get a chance to uh, meditate that morning. And so, as you were driving the car to meet me for coffee, you were able to pick up some mindfulness on the drive over, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, less is still something. Don't abandon ship. Don't surrender, right? Like, less is still something. If what I do now is I, I kind of I do try to breathe before I do something important. Right. Like I focus and I center in on my breath and it really helps. Like before I give a, before I give a talk before, I mean, this is 30 minutes where I'm just going to spill my guts to thousands of sailors. Right. Like give me 10 minutes, Captain. Like I want to grip and grin, but can I just have 10 minutes in a stateroom to breathe for a minute before i like get out here and you know, yeah. And I, you know, I think there's power in that. I think if like, what I do is if I'm going on a seven or eight mile run, the last mile is just silence, you know, just, that that's how it works for me. I'm not saying it has to be that way for everybody, but what I am saying is don't be afraid to try new things. 10,000 experiments are better than 10,000 hours, like try new things, new ways to be mindful. And that gives you self-awareness, which builds self mastery. And that's how you can really help others. Right? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And coming back to that kind of being authentic piece. And, uh, you know, you talked about speaking in front of a thousand sailors and taking that 10 minutes prior to what i found. Um, is I actually incorporate that into my talk. Like, oh cool. Uh, yeah, so what I try to do is I start I start off by having the entire crowd do some deep breathing and and I do it with them. And then when I I'm like, hey, well, you know, why do you think I did that? And I tell them, well, I wanted them to get reset and one of them to get focused, but I also did it for myself. Yeah. I, I literally did it for myself so that I could get recentered. Kind of bring my heart rate down, bring my respiratory rate down, my blood pressure, all that stuff that you want to be centered when you're giving a public speak speech, um, and and it helps to reset me, right? But it also shows that I'm being vulnerable to the crowd, yeah. And and in doing so, they normally listen better because they see that I'm a human being and I'm not I'm not somebody who's there to, you know, be higher than them. I'm not talking, I'm not talking, exactly. And I'm not talking down to them. I'm talking with them. Um, and it's, 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 it's amazingly powerful what that can do to both yourself and then you as a speaker in their eyes. Uh, so it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty Awesome to do. Um, so I'm glad that you're doing that before you get you give your talk. Your, uh, yeah. And on
1: on break. that thread, you know, it's okay to show your emotions too, right? So yeah. if you if you need a minute, like we're taught in leadership, like if I'm going to give a morning to a booze or an amphibious assault brief or whatever, like I need to be poignant and like I can't have any uh, crutch words and no downtime, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I've I've completely divorced from that idea. If if I'm giving a talk and I need a minute, I'll say, excuse me, I just need one minute this is a hard one for me. Just give me a minute. And that, you know what, that's fine. Like it's yeah. okay. We don't need to, I don't understand. I mean, I guess there's a time and a place for it, but it's okay to have emotions. Like we don't need to have this stoic facade all the time. Like if, if you're going through something and it's a challenge, like even if it's, you just need one minute to take a breath or you need 10 minutes, like, Hey, I'll have yeah. to come back to this. You know, like, I think it's okay. We need to break again. Stigmas, you know, like we need to break down the stigma of like, showing your emotions or just like Eckhart Tolle again says, you know, you're not your thoughts, you're your interpretation of your thoughts. So it's, it's okay when these thoughts come in to recognize them. Right. And then you, if you, once you get these tools to interpret them, that's how you move forward. That's how you grow. And that's how you can kind of not get caught up in this negative spiral. Right. Like yeah. you're not your thoughts, you're your interpretation of your thoughts and therefore it's okay to have an emotion or if you need right. a minute, Take a knee, man. Take a minute. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, and that's true in you know the micro scale of of giving a talk, or in the in the larger uh, macro scale in your life. And, you know, you want to take a knee if you need to, because that's what is ultimately going to set you up to be better long term. Is taking Most that definitely. knee, um, which <clears throat> which I think both of us have done, and we've learned that personally. And that's why we want to share that message with others and that they can, they can take that same knee and, and be better for it. So if you break
1: your leg, if you break your leg, what happens?
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. You get yeah. a
1: cast, you, you take a knee, you're forced to. Yeah. If you need to take a mental health knee, I think we need to focus on that and, and, take care of it just like you would anything else that's ailing you. If you have heartburn, you know, you go get that fixed. Like you don't don't just keep living with acid reflux, right? So why would you just (laughs) keep living with mental health issues?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And uh, I always try to relate it to the gym because that's what we knuckle draggers like to, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're an ultra marathon or or rather an Ironman uh, athlete. And you know that when we talk about, performance, we talk about, well, how, what can you do to improve that performance? Well, what can you do to improve your mental performance? You can maintain it um, through, you know, seeking regular mental health support, and then you can improve it by doing the same thing. Well, it's like going to the gym. You know, if if I was to go to the gym to work out because I wanted to get into shape, nobody's going to question that. Mm-hmm. But if I go to mental health, because I want to get my mind right, people are gonna be like, well, what's wrong with them? Yeah. Well, maybe nothing's wrong with me. Maybe I just want to maintain my mental health. Maybe something is wrong with me and I want to get back to that, that baseline that I was at before and I want to improve that. But why question it? Because I want to improve myself. You don't um, wait for your engine
1: to throw a rod before you get an oil change.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Navy's big on, on PMS, <laughs> preventive maintenance or service, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and why are we not big on that for ourselves, for our minds? I think oh, we're sorry. doing
1: better. A lot of, I've, with this platform, I've had the opportunity to speak to a lot of senior leadership and I think the innovation is, you know, getting there uh, where we're, the senior, I've, I have not talked to an admiral or captain about this topic where they said, this is not important. It yeah. hasn't, it hasn't happened to me. Yeah. I mean, every yeah, senior leader, that's good. I, just to reassure, like if there's a junior enlisted listening to this, I have never talked to a very senior officer 06 or above. Uh, there's a, Two star admiral in my chain of command that fully supports my mission. I mean, this guy is probably my biggest cheerleader because leaders want you to show up as your best self so that you can accomplish mission. You are the mission, right? right. Like without you, none of this matters. So that is I just want to reassure like anyone that has the the self doubt, right? Like your boss wants you to get help. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like legitimately.
0: Well, let me let's talk about that for a minute. The you you how did you get to the point where you are talking to you know O sixes and above about what it is you have gone through and what it is you've learned? How did you get to that point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. The honest answer is I don't really know, but what I do say is I used to say progress over perfection, right? So it just started by word of mouth. You know, I would go talk to like a deck division on a small ship, uh, and then those. You know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step, right? So I used to say progress over perfection. Then a friend of mine actually kind of challenged that thought and said, you know, progress is perfection. Like just the fact that you are trying is perfect in its nature, right? So that's how I got started. I just, uh, you know, I, I just started sharing with people. It wasn't like an official program. It wasn't, uh, anything that the Navy said thou shalt do As I get this question a lot. Like did the Navy say you had to do this? Like, yes, yeah. absolutely not. Like, this was something I, I felt a calling, right? Like I felt it started as like a gentle tug and then it just became this burning fire in me when I saw the good that it was doing in others. And then I think it just kind of caught on like a wildfire, you know, like people are just drawn to, uh, something that's going to help them, right? Like, why wouldn't you like, I'm, I'm only, it's free. I'm not here selling anything. Uh, you know, the only thing we're going to benefit from is a great conversation, you know? Uh, so nice. I don't really know how I got started. I can tell you how the podcast got started. Yeah. Let's
0: do that. How did that get started? My wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she bought me a podcast. It was very clunky. I love her to death, but it was not like a Yeti microphone, you know, the nice setup I have now, but it, she, she bought me this microphone. She was like, you've learned a lot of lessons and it's, it's not beneficial for you to keep them to yourself. Wow. And she, she got me started. I mean, I had to do all the work and figure out the platform and everything but Yeah. that, you know, and that that's kind of remarkable too. Like just believing in someone enough, just breathing that little puff of breath into their life can do great things, you know, like just her buying me that thing on Amazon and just having it delivered to my house, which I haven't used in a year now. But by that simple act of kindness, that random act of kindness and that belief of her pouring into my bucket, it it sparked a wildfire, you know, and that, that's how the podcast got started.
0: Nice. What's your wife do?
1: (laughs) She's a veterinarian.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's so got a, you can tell she's got a caring heart.
1: <laughs> she's a healer. Yeah, yeah she's an empath, sure. man.
0: Yeah. That's pretty powerful, man. Uh and and I, and I love so yeah, the podcast. Can you share a little bit about what the goal of the podcast is uh and and then you know maybe share some of your guests that you've had on?
1: Sure. Yeah, so the uh, the evolution is the name of the podcast. Uh you know, I'm what I what I started out doing was uh here's the thing like we all have these great conversations right we we we, like even when we met for 30 minutes for coffee or whatever it was a great conversation like I walked out of there and I got so much out of it and I was thinking like man somebody could have benefited from hearing that conversation that John and I had you know like so what I try to do is just get people that have it started with a resilience theme uh persevering through adversity uh, some form of overcoming right like I, I try to I want to give you some tools that will benefit you. Uh, like, I don't want to just have, I'm not selling anything. I'm not trying to um, get rich or famous, right? Yeah. But it is another tool for you to hear another perspective. Uh, Tori Oldani came on the podcast. Yeah. Great In interview. Tori. Yes. Amazing human being. She shared a story very vulnerably. And it's, you know, it's her story to share. Um, you can go through my archives and check that one out. but.
0: You know, I personally see. listened to that one. I listened to it right before I went into the honor foundation, uh, cause she was in my cohort with me in, in the honor. Oh, Fair great. Foundation. Yeah. Pretty powerful episode.
1: Yep. You know, and, and again, it, it goes back to this theme of just sharing vulnerably your story and how it can help others, you know? So like, and Bob Newman talked about the humanity, you know, here, he told this story about being in a C C-130 with, you know, a high value target. And he had to think to himself, this guy is a human being as well. Like what got him here to this point in life. Right. Uh, I've had a lot of good interviews. Hopefully you'll come on mine, man. You can. Yeah, I'd love to.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I would love that.
1: Yeah. The, the The idea, though, is like in an effort to be of service, in an effort to grow, we have to take a look inward first, right? And so every interview is someone that has done some form of introspection and is able to share those lessons with the listener. That's, that's the goal anyway, yeah. right? I had a guy, this was a really interesting story. He actually worked for me. And he went to the brig for a year after he had sexually abused someone in my chain of command. Wow. But the takeaway was all of the lessons that he learned from that, that wrongdoing and admitting that it was wrong and how he's able to, you know, grow and, and, you know, he apologized on air to the guy. And so this, this is kind of what I'm trying to do is get people that have gone through some stuff and then did the introspective work, and then what tools help them? And then what can the listener take away from that and apply to their own life, right?
0: Right, yeah, definitely.
1: Wow, it's, it's very similar to what you're doing. You're just giving people tools and information to help them grow, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I love, I love the point of, the, of your show as well, obviously. I mean, like you said, it's similar to, to what it is we're doing. Uh, but man, uh, that that one that you just mentioned where the, the guy who had worked for, for you went to the break for a year and then you had him on the show and then he apologized on the show. Wow, man. That must've been pretty powerful and quite emotionally, I don't know, trying for you. I mean, especially with what you came on the show with and talked about your background with with some type of uh, childhood sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. I I mean, how did you respond to that?
1: You know, here's where I think that we get it wrong sometimes. And one thing I think we all should do better at, uh, and myself included, this is a struggle that I have to work with. You know, everyone deserves a road to redemption. Everyone deserves a road to redemption. Now say that sailor is going to get kicked out of the Navy with a dishonorable discharge. They're still going to be an ambassador for the Navy because they serve, they're still a veteran, right? So everyone deserves a road to redemption. Doesn't mean the behavior that they did was correct. Right. It doesn't mean that someone's that's on death row deserves to live. If that was the judgment fine, but they deserve a road to redemption to at least be heard, be honored. And then also going back to being authentic and, and someone sharing their story. If, if I kind of flip that coin on the other side, we deserve the best you, right? So like we deserve, right? Like you deserve for me to be the best me Mm -hmm. so that our interactions, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. So the other person you're not benefiting me. So I deserve to give you a road to redemption so that we can all learn from your mistakes, right. Or from your issues or from your, your problems, you know, now it's obviously a different story if they continue down a negative path. Right. You know, but, everyone deserves a road to redemption. And that's kind of where I go with that is I, I don't think we're human beings. We're flawed individuals. This is why yeah. we have, this is why we have faith based, faith based religions is because we are flawed individuals, right? So what meets that, we're all on the spectrum somewhere, right? So yeah. what gives us the right to decide what gives someone a road to redemption?
0: Yeah, good point. I like that, that everyone deserves that. Uh, so well said and 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 powerful of you to have that guy on your show and then for him to uh to admit that and and be apologetic for for it on the show, so that again you're you're helping people out there you're helping his his victim out, you're helping other victims out, and you're helping him out uh in in all at the same time there so
1: the world could all benefit from a little bit of grace,
0: yeah, yeah you know, certainly. just.
1: Grace Certainly. for others, grace for ourselves, you know, give yourself a little grace. And then yeah. I think once, once you give yourself some grace, it's a lot easier to give others grace, right? Like yeah. if you can forgive, like I held, I harbored a lot of guilt for that sexual abuse for a lot of years. Yeah, it's It's only been maybe three or four years since I admitted it to anybody. And I paid, here's an interesting one. I paid a therapist out in town because I didn't want to tell the Navy that I was sexually abused. Cause I thought it might impact yeah. my security clearance or my promotion, or maybe somebody would judge me. You know, so like I went out in town and sought somebody that I could talk to without anybody, yeah. know, like completely. So wouldn't something. be in your record. Yeah, yeah, but that's, it's so wrong. Like, you know, but I had to give myself some grace first for that. Yeah. Right. Like once I forgave myself, it's super easy to get, have grace for others. And well, it's not super easy. It gets easier mm-hmm. to give grace for others and allow that road to redemption.
0: Yeah. Well, you talked about, you know, constantly looking at what's next when you were, you know, going through the Chiefs initiation and you were like, okay, well, what's next? Because I'm gonna be an LDO. So what's next? What's next? So that brings me kind of to my next question for you. What's next for Jeff after retirement? You're retiring in September, right? September eleventh. September eleventh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't
1: pick the day, man. It just fell on me. I think sometimes yeah. things just find us, right? Um yeah. You know, so here's going back to the things I can control and the things I can't. Right. So I do know that, uh, I will say as humbly as possible that I've networked myself pretty well. I consider myself a subject matter expert in all facets of deck evolution. Uh, you know, anything having to do with bosomating, mating, I am good at it. I mean, that's, that's the easy button thing for me to do. Yeah. But I also don't think what I do has to define who I am. And therefore, you know, also I kind of, put it on like a, you know, if you look at it, like a scale of justice, right? Like maybe right now I need to find that job that is here, but I still keep the evolution here. And then eventually, you know, the scales will write themselves to where I'm only doing the evolution. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be a book. Uh, I'm definitely writing a book. Uh, the podcast hopefully is going to continue to grow and, and help others. Uh, those conversations help me, like just having the conversation with someone else helps me. So yeah, if it's not monetized and it doesn't help me in career field or anything like that, that's fine. I still get a lot out of it. So the evolution will continue to grow. I have nice. no intentions on stopping the podcast or even slowing down the tempo. Um, the public speaking, I hope to be of service, to be able to continue to do that. Um, I foresee that kind of evolving, you know, as I come out of uniform, but I don't see it stopping. Uh, I've already had a lot of people reach out to me and I'd said, well, you know, I'm, I'm retiring in September. Would you still like for me to come talk to your command? They're like, yeah, man, your story's evergreen. Like, nice. <laughs> you don't need to be in green for it to be evergreen. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's I'll continue.
1: Awesome. I'll continue to offer that. Um, you know, I I just um, it's not like I feel that I need to do it uh, to to prove anything or to overcome anything at this point. It's now just a calling. It's just it's a burning fire that I can't I can't ignore because if somebody had if somebody like me had talked to me the way I talk to sailors now, I would have gone down a totally different trajectory. Yeah. I know I would have. And so I just can't, uh, I can't ignore that and take the easy job. That's going to have me deploying seven more times. You know, I, I just can't, I can't in good conscience, uh, put that negative energy out into the universe, man.
0: Sure. Well, I can, I can tell that whatever it is that you do, whether it's evolution full-time or whether it's something else and eventually evolution full-time, it's going to be benefiting others again. Cause like you said, at the very beginning, you're, you're a servant and you're, you're always looking to, to help others. Uh, so that's, that's key. I definitely well, go I ahead
1: job where I can talk to people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if people wanted to, I mean, obviously they can look up the evolution and I'll make sure that's in the show notes for people to, to listen to um, How else can they get a hold of you, brother?
1: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my name is Jeff Bayless. Uh, probably the easiest way, the most public way to find me is on Instagram. Jeff underscore Bayless underscore. Uh. You know that that's probably the easiest way. Wherever you operate, those are the three. I don't do Twitter. You know, at some at some time we have to have like some form of bandwidth for social media for our own mental health, right? Like yeah. I can't I can't be on every platform. So that right. that's where I'm at. If you have a command uh, that can benefit, uh, I'm super flexible with that. Uh, like I'll do it virtual. Uh, you can just I'll send you a video. If you can't have me there, like I'm not trying to hold rights to this or anything. I have a recorded video. I can share it with your command if you just want to show it for GMT. I'm cool with that. Like I. Nice. I'm not, uh, I don't operate in some scarcity mindset where I need to get the likes or the shares or the, the hearts or the money or any of that. <laughs> right. So if you have a command that can benefit from my story or my lessons learned, reach out. I will, I will find a way. Like we, Solid. We, we'll, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll make sure that all your different social media uh, accounts are in the, in the show notes as well. Cause I, I'm sure if somebody listening is going to want you to uh, speak with their command, uh, whether it's live, virtual, or recorded, because what the the story uh, that you have and the lessons that you have to share are important and quite possibly life saving. So, Jeff, oh John,
1: I, I know it saved lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So I, I know that to be true.
0: Yeah. Well, well, brother, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate our our discussion and your being so open and vulnerable. And like I said, it's it's going to resonate with our listeners, and uh, and I'll make sure that that we get it out there for, for them, and I'll share it with you so you can get it out with your les- listeners as well, cool. um, because I think your message is uh, very important for everyone to hear. So thanks, yeah, brother. It's been great.
1: I know as the host, you always feel this onus to like highlight the other person, but I do want to take a minute to honor you and, and shine the light on you for a second, man. Like You are very humble, but you're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, that's very powerful. And I know it's saving lives too, man. So. Well, thank
0: um, you, man. I, shine I, I, the light I, back in your direction.
1: You're, <laughs> you're a lighthouse for me, man. You're a mentor for me as well. So, you know, I, well, I appreciate you. That, you yeah. Man. yeah. Uh,
0: I sincerely appreciate that, brother. And uh yeah, once, uh, once we're able to, we'll have to get together for uh, for another cup of coffee. Absolutely. in person.
1: <laughs> Say when, man.
0: All right, man. Well, until we speak again, stay safe and stay healthy, man. You too, brother. Thank you. All right. For our listeners, thanks for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. And remember, listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.